Motown Rundown. It is November 23rd, 2020. If it's your first time listening to the show, welcome. Glad to have you. Uh, if you're back for more, welcome back. Glad to have you as well. Uh, this is our Thanksgiving 2020 special, and by that I mean it is a completely regular episode, but it's the week of Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving, guys. Let's do this. I want to do this. What are your plans for Thanksgiving? I know there's a lot of COVID stuff. You're, be, you're not allowed to see your family. You can't hug your mom, whatever. Uh, I, need, I need plans for Thanksgiving, and I need three things that you're each thankful for. Trent, go. Well, first of all, this kind of stinks because usually for this episode, we do a nice little Thanksgiving extravaganza and we just are, you know, psyched up to watch the Lions on Thursday and it's fun. But, you know, here we are over Zoom in this world. Well, last year we did. I I don't 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 know. I don't remember it being some sort of special episode, Trent. Well, I okay. Maybe the juices are just flowing because it's Thanksgiving. No, that's like, that's the Motown the Motown rundown Thanksgiving special is traditionally a regular episode, but it's just the week of Thanksgiving. That's it. That's all we can bring. Okay. That's all so, on the budget. Never mind. I digress. I am for Thanksgiving just hanging out with my family of five. Uh, usually, this is the first time we've ever done this because usually we alternate years with my mom and my dad's side, both pretty big families. So that's fun. But this year, just us five going to watch the Lions in true belly form. Uh, it's going to be a lot of good food. It'll be fun. What am I thankful for? I'm thankful for three things. I'm thankful for music, specifically rock and roll music. I'm wow. thankful for not your I family, say, like my family and my <laughs> friends. That's like the most generic stuff. I'll say I'm also <laughs> I'm thankful for the Detroit Lions and uh. I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for my education at Michigan State University. There How's you that? Go. Wow. Good things? Those are good things. Collins, yeah. what about you? I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, for Thanksgiving, I think it's just the immediate family, brother, sister, the girlfriends and the husbands and stuff like that. My mom and dad, and just me. So just be chilling, watching football, be nice, relaxing day. It sucks not to get to see both families this year because i got big families on both sides that sucks but is what it is and trent i mean you didn't get the memo when you say what you're thankful for you say your family first every single time well of course i mean i i'm thankful for i'm thankful for my mom and my brothers and my parents yeah people just say you're a scumbag you don't do it they're like rock and roll music (laughs) this guy what is this guy's priorities i started with music yeah yeah i mean whatever thankful for i mean Getting to do this every week, thankful. Oh, Collins. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, boy, I mean, it's a bright part of my week. What can I say? Collins, I'm glad. I don't mean to interrupt, but I'm glad to hear you say that because sometimes I'm, I'm not even kidding. We'll end an episode and in the back of my head. I'm like, does Collins even like doing the show anymore? Just sometimes <laughs> I get like, like today, today is a little bit of a low energy start for you. I can tell you're comfortable and you're in your own home. You're not really in it. It's okay. But sometimes I, I get off the pod and I'm like, you know, he's a, he's a cool guy. He's still in the prime of his life. He's in college. Like maybe he's got other priorities. So it's, I'm glad to hear you say that. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, you know what? Never mind. Maybe, I mean, you don't think no, the you can, there. I, got, I mean, no, no, no. Right, I, that I'm one. glad that you said you that. I'm, no, I'm grateful for the dream white report. Just me and Trent, not you, Rebs. <laughs> Thanks a lot. I'm great. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, but yeah, this, I mean, a bunch of other stuff and uh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I mean, <laughs> that's your three, this, a bunch of other stuff. And yeah, good. I mean, what, I mean sports. Cool. Well, let, let's just, <laughs> I, don't, I, I, guess. I don't do a whole lot. 
you're thankful for reality tv that's a good one yeah, for you yeah yeah i mean yeah reality i mean there's not not a lot a whole lot like going on in my life right now so. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically just sports like family i mean like hey it is what it is Hey, well, Rabs posed the question, so we'll see what he has to say. Rabs, what are you thinking? Yeah, I know. That's a loaded question. At first, yeah. like, you should give me, like, one thing. No, I need I need three. My So, plans, it's me and my immediate family. I think Grandma might be coming over because she's just like, I want to see my family. She's kind of a – she's like a hard-ass like that. Not that she's like a mean hard-ass, but she just doesn't really buy into the whole COVID thing, I think, necessarily. Like, she wants to do it her way. So, if she wants to come over, whatever, more power to her. Um, three things I'm thankful for. Number one, I would say my health. I'm thankful for my health. I'm very thankful that I'm alive, which is always a good thing to, to wake up and, and have another day. Thankful for that. My family, which is cliche, but I needed to get it in there. Yeah. I'm thankful for Matthew, Matthew Stafford is number three. That's good. That's a good one. Oh, wait, can I change one of my answers? I am thankful for Marvin Jones. And we'll probably talk about that later because you guys, Ooh. you guys need to stop with the Marvin Jones slander. He's slander. Yeah, he's There's a no real slander. Both of you guys both, both of you guys have said you don't want him on the team next year. Yeah, because he shouldn't be on the team next year. He's had a nice it's a run. business. It's a business. But yeah, it's like, a, 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 go have fun somewhere else. Go win, maybe. I don't know. All right. We'll we'll talk about that later, I guess. We'll get if to it. If you love him, if you love him, let him go. Yeah. I will say that. That's like very poetic. What song Could be is in that? a song. I don't know. It could be in a it, song. Could, it's a song, but it's one of those like mid two thousands alternative rock song? songs. I don't know. No, I'm not gonna sing it. I was gonna sing it. I'm not gonna sing it because I don't. No, me too. I, I paused. No, it's ready to just sing it, and then no, can't do it. I could sing yeah. it, but I couldn't. I, I like. I can't put a name. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It came. Are you one of those guys? Are you one of those guys who's really good at singing? If you have someone's voice to like replicate. Ton of me, yeah. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, I, like, I'm working without no headphones this week, guys. So the and my hearing is shot just in general. So just get a lot, <laughs> get ready for a lot of like me asking you questions back, just to like make up for the fact that I'm not like hearing things. But I have a terrible voice just through and through. So anything I try and sing, I'm terrible at impersonations. So yeah, <laughs> everything I do in that general aspect of my life is mediocre, below average. Okay, good answer, I guess. Sheesh. Very, yeah. very in-depth answer. Sheesh. Well, uh, I guess without further ado, shall we get into the Detroit sports that we do talk about here? A lot of stuff going on this week. Like what? Like what? What are you talking about? It's maybe like maybe the most newsworthy Pistons week. And maybe oh, like yeah, yeah. Three or four I, I guess. And then yeah. the Lions stink, yes. of course. We got to talk about them. So, I mean, that's more than we usually get right now. That is true. I will say that there is a lot of Pistons to cover here on the second half of the Motown rundown. But given, given the recent state of affairs, I think it is only right that we start the show off with the hot topic in the city of Detroit, which would be the fact that your Detroit Lions lost to the Carolina Panthers 20 to nothing on Sunday. Here's a little fun fact for you. Second shutout in the NFL this year, your Detroit Lions. So that's great. And I, and I don't mean to, I don't want to, I don't want to drag Trent and I don't want to pull the receipts, but Trent, drag I me. To, pull them. Drag no, 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 no. Because I, I, we obviously, you and I are for more often than not, we're in the same boat, but I was listening back to last week's podcast to make sure that I had the 
picks correct for this week as far as what the leaderboard would represent. The things that you said that you foresaw in this game was like the complete opposite of what actually happened. You were all, I think the Lions can put up points. I think they'll hang 35. All these things, all these things that were said from your mouth. And the Lions do what they can only do, and that is to make their fans look like imbeciles. And well, I, I, and, and I resent – I resent what, the what a way for the Lions for to do that to me. It was, it, I mean, I listen. I have had some horrible takes on this podcast. <laughs> we all have. We all have. No, Everyone no, but that talks about sports stuff. Specifically, me with the Lions. I have had some <laughs> god awful takes on this team. This one is a new number one, and I don't see anything topping it in the foreseeable future. Because I will say this: I'll let you guys go. I didn't prep at all for this. My thoughts on this game are this. You lost to a three-win team who was missing both of their best players, and you got shut out, and you got beat by an XFL quarterback, and it's just – it's not good, dude. It's not good. And a first-year head coach and all this all this other stuff. It's horrible. What a week for the Lions to make me look like an idiot going into Thanksgiving. They do it all the time. They make me look like an idiot, but you got to do it right before Thanksgiving, of course. I'll There's say no this. loss for anything I say anymore. It's over. I'll say this. People are not talking about, like, I mean, P.J. Walker, whatever. He played fine. People forget, took Connor Cook's spot in the SFL. That was Connor Cook's job to lose. P.J. Walker <laughs> stole it from him. People forget that. But the Panthers' defense is so bad. To get shut up by the Panthers' defense is like getting shut up by the Lions' defense. Like, like yeah. it's it, – really it, it, it's. It's quite the accomplishment by this Lions offense to get shut out by the Carolina Panthers this year. I th- this game to me, and I don't. It, it's funny how every single week it seems like we get on here, and we're like, "There's nothing more that you can say." But for whatever reason, this week I think that I have more to say, and, and the reason being is because this is probably the most disheartened I've been after a Lions loss in a long time. And, and part of it is because my friend Trent and myself were somehow sold on the fact of like, this is like a, like a easy win, right, Trent? We were like, they should win. They should walk in no problem. And I'm looking at the schedule and I'm texting my buddies during the week like, They'll win this game. They'll win on Thanksgiving. They just got to beat the Bears and the Vikings because they won't beat the Packers. They won't beat the Bucks. They won't beat the Titans. And they're 8-8 eight and eight and they can get in. And then just when you think, again, just when you think you've seen it all, they give you something new. So I have a whole litany of things that I would like to get through in my little soapbox speech today. And you guys are welcome to chime in. Um, and, and then we can move on with things. Because as I, as I said, I believe two podcasts ago, I have, if the towel hasn't already been thrown in, it's in. And the number one thing here, I'll go back to it, second shutout in the NFL this year is Collins, as you said, against a very, very poor Carolina Panthers defense. Also playing a Carolina Panthers team that did not have their starting quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater. They did not have probably the best football player in the NFL right now and Christian McCaffrey debatable I believe they were well debatable I believe they were also missing two or three of their starting offensive linemen and their quarterback started in his first NFL game after being a a former quarterback in the XFL which no longer exists right now so 
that's the team that your Lions took the field against on Sunday and scored zero points. So I, my whole thing with being a Lions fan is that I don't, I listen to so much of the outside noise from 97 won the ticket and all these personalities that like to talk about the lions. I listen to it every week of the football season, every single year. And it's all the same regurgitated SOL. It's the, it's the analysis lacks because it's just easy to pile on and pick on the Lions. So I try my best on this show, Trent, you do a phenomenal job of it. I try my best to maybe come up with some of the positive things that I can share with you about the team or try to give you a glimmer of hope into the future of the Lions organization, whether it be on a seasonal basis or, or an overarching theme of what they can accomplish in my lifetime. Hopefully it's long and prosperous. So I'm going to read you some things that I saw on this game today. And if either of you two or anyone listening to the podcast wants to tweet us at Motown underscore rundown or on the Facebook page, search up the Motown rundown. Let me know if there were any positives that you took from this game because I'll share with you some things that weren't positives. Your two running backs in this game totaled just 13 carries for a grand total of 35 yards. And it was all done on your typical first down handoff for three yards, second down handoff for one yard, third down pass to the sticks, where our wide receivers are never even close to the sticks. Now we're punting on fourth and two. It's certainly, there were certainly no positives in the Adrian Peterson wide open drop pass the TJ Hawkinson drop pass, the bad snap from Frank Ragnall that caused your first turnover of the game. There were certainly no positives in your Matt Prater missed field goal again, or your 44 second drive to open the second half. There were certainly no positives in Matthew Stafford being sacked four times and no positives in your illegal formation call on the most creative play this team has run since the inception of the organization that resulted in a touchdown that got called back. There were also no positives in your coach calling a timeout with 11 seconds left in the first half, only to receive a punt and then take a knee to go into halftime with his timeouts left in his pocket, like he's saving up change to turn in for 25 cents to get a gumball. There also were no positives in your defense jumping off sides on a punt attempt only to do it again the very next play from fourth and one when everyone in the stadium knew they were going to try to hard count you call timeout and punt again yes Trent I genuinely think that was intentional I think I think Nick Williams was like dude this guy's gotta go I'm, I'm jumping off right now we're we're getting shut out we're thing. just gonna let uh, Trent it was only logical thinking right there no, I, I think Nick Williams, and this is a guy who was here for one year. I think he was literally just like, okay, I, I can't play. And I cannot play another six games under this guy. I don't know. That's just, that was my thought. And that was the, that was the chatter going around in the, in the living room at the Bally household. I swear it was on purpose. I don't know. Well, I will tell you where there was absolutely no positives in my last point here that I have about the game, because this is the only analysis that I can provide to you after what I watched on Sunday. There were certainly no positives in the fact that your Detroit Lions, who have been a professional football organization since I believe was the 1950s, 30s, whatever it may be, did not, did not take a single offensive snap in the red zone in 60 minutes of football. 
there are no positives. Past, I don't think they got past the, the Panthers' 45-yard line. Maybe I'm wrong. I think the 45-yard line for the Panthers was the furthest alliance got. I don't know. Trent, you could be right. And, or no, and, no, no, no. Whatever, whatever Prater missed from, that was the furthest they got. That kick was nowhere. It wasn't even the oh, same zip code not good. as the stadium. Not a good catch. Not great. So, so I will, I will end with this before I, I want to talk about the head coach and I want to address Lions fans and all of this, and then we can move on to talk about the Pistons. In the totality of everything that I watched on Sunday, there was one thing that I felt stood out very blatant to me, and that was the fact that your team quit on Sunday. They quit. They gave up. They knew that they weren't going to win the game because at no point in that game did you ever, and when I say ever, I mean ever feel like the Lions had any sort of momentum to get down the field and put points on the board. So as the Lions typically do, and as, as the team that Matt Patricia has put together clearly shows they don't care to play for this guy anymore, they quit. So what I'm going to do for the rest of this season is exactly what the team does for me. They quit on me. I quit on you. This season's over. We'll throw him a towel. I'm going to watch every game the rest of the year because I have been habitually programmed and classically conditioned like Sigmund Freud for my entire life to watch this team on Sunday. It's just part of my routine. It's what I do. I'll watch him on Thursday, but I'll watch them in the same way that I watch the Jersey shore. It's background noise. It's entertaining. It's okay. something to do. I, kill, I don't like kill the a negative couple hours. Not negative connotation for maybe one of the best. Uh, <laughs> All right, Colin, Colin, the, the point. worst organization ever. You're talking about one of the best reality TV shows of all time. Let's not. Let's not. <laughs> that's uh, fair that enough. I don't. I don't mean any Jersey Shore slander. But but there, the emotional investment for me has been sucked out of me after what I watched on Sunday. Zero. And the reason being, the reason being is because as we talked about on Sunday, you are a four and five football team. Very capable looking at the schedule. And I say capable, capable is a loose term, but you are capable of winning enough games, whether it be eight or nine, to maybe get a chance to sniff the playoffs this year in a COVID year. And all you had to do is show up and play football, which you didn't do for a single minute of the 60 minute football game. So to now move into Matt Patricia, because if you're a Lions fan, like I said, I don't come on this show to be negative and to pile on to the mass media and to take the cop out of SOL and to point fingers and make fun of the lions. Like everyone loves to do. That's not why I'm here. I've tried my best in the three years we've done this podcast to maybe be a bit more optimistic to show you the silver lining. I never say they're dead even when they are, but I'm doing it this year because I can't take it anymore. I can't. So to your head coach, this team plays every week not to lose. Trent, I think, I think you texted us on Sunday and said that it, it couldn't be any closer to the truth. It's visible that the players do not get up to play for this guy. He doesn't manage games well. He doesn't game plan well. His team's never prepared to play. The offensive playbook stinks. Swift and carry on haven't been used all year. And now somehow DeAndre Swift bangs his head on a vending machine in the practice facility and he can't play this week. So, so what's, what's the line coach? What do you have for us? We got to play better. We got to coach better. Is it 
we'll watch the tape? Is it we'll take a look at the film and we'll adjust? Is it we got to get back to work? Because you've used them all. You've used every cliche that you have, that you pull out of your ass every week when this team goes on national television and gets their pants pulled down. And the hardworking people of Detroit and the people like me who don't have anything else right now except this team, I put your jersey on, I sit in front of the TV, I revolve my whole Sunday around it, and this is what's on the field. So to anyone left in the city of Detroit, that has any positives that they took from this game in week 11 when your team should be trending upwards and not getting shut out for the second time this season for any NFL team in the league. Your team in week 11 should not be taking the biggest monumental step back that you have all season. So if anything, to me, this was a cathartic experience because after the game finished and the clocks hit zero, finally, on Sunday, I took a deep breath and I went, that's it? There, I have, there, I have run out of excuses for Matt Patricia, and I, I finally felt for the first time that this was the game that might just push this organization over the edge to say, this guy has to go. Because if this didn't do it, I don't know what is going to get this guy fired. So to Lions fans, as I wrap up here, again, I don't mean to beat the dead horse. I don't just jump on the Lions' backs to poke fun of and tease just to do it, like other people like to do. But it is okay. And I've realized it. I have come to this realization. And it's a, I can say this because I've been in your shoes, Lions fans. I know what it's like. Not that I'm not a Lions fan anymore, but – I've stood with the team, and, and now I am saying to you, as someone who has learned over the years, it is okay to criticize and demand more of this organization because this is truly, it is the worst organization in the history of professional sports since the inception of sports themselves. They just are. They don't win. They don't get any better, and nothing ever seems to improve. So, I, I, this team wants to quit on me and wants to quit on the fan base. Well, I'm done with you. That's it. I'll watch the game. Sure. They ain't making the playoffs. They, they might not win another game this year, to be honest with you. It's okay to criticize the team and it's okay to demand better because I don't know what I saw this year that made me come on this podcast before week one and go, I see 10 or 11 wins. And you know, what is frustrating is I do it every year. You'll never hear me say that this team's only going to win seven or eight games because I'm that stupid. And I've been let on for this long. I've been teased for this long with these smoke and mirrors moves that, oh, the, the Lions are going to be better this year. This is why. This coach has to go. This general manager has to go. And I hate to, I hate to say it. I hate to say it because it feels like every handful of years – this organization does the same damn thing. You have to burn it to the ground again. You're going to have to start over again, and you're going to have to get on your knees at night, every single night until this team lifts the Lombardi trophy. And you have to pray to all that is holy that this team finds some shred of competence moving forward because I don't know how much longer I can take it. I don't know. And that's all I have to say. So. 
I, I, I heard it's okay to demand more from your franchise. And I, I so I, and I know we're going to do this so many times <laughs> the rest of the year, but I, and guess what? I love Matthew Stafford. I do. Are you finally ready to admit that it's it, it, after this year, they're going to blow it up and it, he's going to be gone. I, I will, it, I will admit to you Collins at this point, And I can't believe I'm going to say this because it's, it's like watching my own son leave for college. If Matthew Stafford has to go, he has to go. If that's what it's going to take to blow this thing up. It's going to be there. Like you said, yeah, you're kind of right. He has to go. Because they're going to have to rebuild this. Like you said, they have to burn it down. I just, I, what, what, and the point that I made, I think I said it last week, which killed me to say, I don't believe that this team is going to be able to put enough around Stafford for them to be successful while he's still here or while he still has the value that he does. So I am at my wits end to the point where I just, I cannot, I can't watch this team anymore. I, I want nothing more than for this team to have success. And I genuinely don't believe they can do enough to put around Stafford to get there. So if it's going to take Matthew Stafford being traded for this team to tear it all down and rebuild and be competitive in a handful of years, then Collins do it, whatever you got to do, whoever you got to trade, whoever you got to sell, whoever has to be fired. And it should be everyone on the coaching staff. And when I say, I mean, everyone on the coaching staff, then do it because I, I even like last year and coming into this year, we had all these things of like the roster's gotten better and Stafford's going to, Stafford's going to have Deandre Swift. They're going to have new weapons. The defense has gotten better. They, they, you know, they're bringing in a better defensive coordinator, which clearly they didn't. It's, it's all smoke and mirrors. And, And I, I, I just, I, I'm getting like PTSD of, of sitting in the car, listening to 97.1 and hearing these people call in just bitter and angry. Like they're never going to be good. They're never going to be good. And I, I hate to put myself in that trap, but I see where they're coming from, dude. I, I, I don't know what on this roster can get better next year to the point where they win like 10 games. They yeah. just can't. They can't. They cannot. How about this head team, coach? How about head coach? coach? Cannot. Maybe you maybe you hire a new coach and get get someone else in here and change the culture a little bit instead of this stupid ass uh you know stop the run defense and, and coach pencil and rocket scientists that we got here. And then maybe you can work with what you got. I guess my question for you guys is because I'm watching a game on Sunday and Matthew Stafford, how many times did he get sacked? Five times? Four, four or five. I mean, it, I, I thought I would have guessed eight. Every time I, I talked to my brother about this for like an hour, just just an hour about Matthew Stafford. Know how this guy has stayed buttoned up for 12 years. Like he has never said a single bad thing about the organization or the general manager or the head coach, whoever. I wish you would. I I I wish. No, no, me too. Because if he would, if he came out and said this guy's got to go, he would go. Probably, I would imagine, because. The force, like, I think, hey guys, uh, they value Matthew Stafford. But I, I, you're so right, Trent. You're, the point you made, I, I don't know how he kept it on button. I wish he wouldn't. I wish he'd be like, hey, guys, I'm going to leave unless you figure no, that, that's out. That's what I'm saying. 
If it was like, me, I, I, if it was he me, never did that. I'm not blaming him because he's a professional. I'm just saying you're oh, right. Yeah. It and, is weird. And he's and he dude, he's great. That's why Lions fans love this guy. He's a class act and he's fun and he's good as hell. So but I but if I'm Matthew Stafford after a dozen years in this league and this franchise has never put anything around me to make me successful and has never let me have a say in who the head coach should be, then I'm saying, you know what, Kenny Galladay, they're probably not gonna pay you either. Let's go to Dallas in the NFC East and probably go to the Super Bowl for the next three years and win one or two of them. Like, I don't understand how he has stayed so buttoned up. I guess that's my point. Like, if I'm Matthew Stafford, I'm furious, especially after Sunday's game. You're playing an awful defense, to Collins' point. Your center is snapping balls into the dirt. Like, your your receivers are never open. Guys are dropping passes. You're, you're getting bum-rushed, and your ass is hitting the turf every 10 seconds. Like, I, I would be interested to see the QB hits as well, not just like the sacks. You know what I'm saying? It was horrible. And in, just in terms of yesterday, here, here's what we've got here. The Lions came into this game playing the Carolina Panthers, who were at the time 22nd against the pass and 20th against the run. And the Detroit Lions couldn't move past the 45-yard line with the exception of one field goal attempt that wasn't even close. And then also at the end of the game, when the Carolina Panthers are playing prevent defense, just trying to end the game basically and run the clock out. It's embarrassing. And as far as Patricia goes, I'm going to let you guys handle all that kind of stuff because I've talked at nauseum about how much I hate this guy. This has to be the worst loss of his career. If there's a, if there's a worse one, let me know. But I guess I want to take all things into consideration here. You lost to a Carolina Panthers team with their two best players, Teddy Bridgewater and Christian McCaffrey, out you're playing an XFL quarterback, and I know the Lions had plenty of injuries. If you look at the injury report, I mean, it was it was ridiculous, the amount of guys hurt. I understand that. But you know what? Every NFL deals with those injuries, and the good NFL teams win. So the problem with for me is, like, I look at my coach at that point, and I'm like, dude, get your players up. Get them ready to play. You're playing a three-win team, a, a bad team against a first-year head coach on the road with very limited fans, get your shit together, dude. Like that, that to me, that that's a coach. That's a coach's position right there to kind of put your team in position to win that game with all the circumstances there's COVID and there's people on the COVID reserve and there's people who are hurt and you're playing a team that's hurt as well. It's like, dude, just get the win. You go into Thanksgiving with a chance to get the 500. We, we, I mean, we talked about it last week. If you want to look at our roadmap, go back to last week. We talked about it. We were like, the Lions could feasibly get back to this point. Nope, didn't happen. Got your head cut off by a terrible team. And, like, that's just – that's it. I mean, the rest of the year – if I'm Matthew Stafford, I'm not even suiting up the rest of the year. I know he will because he's a class act. But, like, dude, there is no reason for him to play at all the rest of the season. Well, yeah, I mean, he's probably got some, like, monetary stake at, like, incentives and stuff like that. But, I mean, they stink. And, I mean, like, Stafford, like you said, I mean, he didn't have any time to throw. But, I mean, he hasn't been great this year. Let's not let's not sugarcoat it. Uh, he, I, mean, he, I, I still believe he is, with the correct pieces around him, is a capable quarterback to get you to the places you need to go. I'll always believe that as long as he's healthy. But, I mean, the, I mean, the defense is irreparable. Jeff Okuda's not been good. He's very young. I'm not giving up on him. Darius Slay is rookie year was horrible, if people remember that. Maybe he just needs to change his number to 23, too, and, and he'll get a locked in. But, I mean, like you look around the uh, this team, it, it, there's a lot of irreparable spots. 
and, and, and one of the spots I thought was a strong suit coming into the year and as the years kind of progress, I thought their offensive line has not been terrible this year. I really didn't until this week. And I get when you get down, get in a little bit of a hole and you're passing it every single down, it's hard for you to contain the pass rush when they're blitzing seven guys or six guys. I get that. But, I mean, this week was just terrible. Taylor Detter had a horrible week. The running backs who were in pass protection, I think it was the first week carry on, made a couple of mistakes in pass protection, even though he's usually very good in that. So, I mean, everything stunk. Everything stunk. Patricia's gone. I think Twins gone. I think you for, uh, for the first time you saw from local media, like, hey, this tiny when Wojo's writing pieces, you need to fire people. That's when you know. Like, uh, <laughs> it's Wojo. Uh, yeah, I, I love me some Wojo, but he's like maybe the most positive, I think, columnist in the United States of America. So, uh, like, anyone, when he's saying he's got he's to go, he's just got to go. And we don't need to talk about it because we know he's a terrible coach. Twins got to go, too. They're, they're attached at the hip. They both need to go. I, I have no time for it, and, and you got to rebuild. So I, I I don't know what they do this offseason. I don't know if they trade Stafford. I don't know if they keep Stafford. If they keep Stafford, I honestly don't understand where the like the road like map is for them to keep Stafford and necessarily try and compete in the next three years. I'm saying if they rebuild, they're probably not competing in the next three years, but you're, you're giving yourself a direction for the future and hopefully building – into an organization that can eventually compete for the next 10 years. If you do this with Stafford for the next three years, I don't see the pieces where they can genuinely make an actual run at making, not making the playoffs, not even making a run at like the Super Bowl or an NFC championship. Like I just don't see it. And, and, and they're so cap tied now with all these old new in the Patriot defenders, we all stink. we all have not done literally jet shit. And, and, and I, I mean, it's just been a complete failure. The, the hiring of Mary Patricia and Bob Quinn, when the franchise looked like it was going straight up, like, hey, one good hire here, it could not maybe not take the like top off it, but like, hey, they could win a playoff game or two because they did have the pieces on the offensive side of the football. They did have some nice players on the defense side of the football, and they wasted it because they hired an idiot head coach in Matt Patricia, and they let Matt Patricia's whole culture – involve everything that they did with the player evaluation, with the moves they made in the off season. They let him take over the franchise as a head coach who hasn't proven anything and wasn't even that good of a defensive coordinator for the, for the new England Patriots. If you really go look back at those defenses. Well, Collins, I absolutely agree with like 90% of what you said. I know we'll always disagree on the Stafford point, but I totally get where you're coming from. Like, I just don't, you're exactly right, dude. I don't know like what you do from here. Because you've already set yourself back by hiring the dumb and dumber here. And yeah. I guess here, here's what I don't understand, guys. If you're Bob Quinn and you want any chance to save your own ass, why haven't you fired this guy? That's what I don't get. You're going to lose your job, bro. You better – you like, you're going to lose your job too. And, Collins, I agree. They are attached at the hip, and he should go. But if he wants to keep his job, like, does he not understand that, bro, if we hi- if we fire Matt Patricia at the end of the year, you're going too. Like, your only chance is to fire him under your authority before Martha or Sheila, excuse me, Sheila Ford Hamp fires both of y'all under her authority. Like, it, it's, it's like, and that is what, it's a little shady to me, honestly. And I'm a little nervous because I'm like, what are these guys being told? Like, are are they being told they're going to get another year? Like, I have no idea. I, I, 
I can't stick up for it anymore. And, and I know in the last few weeks, specifically the last, yeah, three weeks, I've kind of been the voice of reason for Bob Quinn saying, I think he's put together decent rosters here. And I think it's most, you know, cause he put together good rosters under Caldwell. I think it's mostly that he has fallen into this trap with Matt Patricia and gone out and signed all these expatriates. Oh, you didn't play for the Patriots. You can't play for the Detroit Lions. Even Mohamed Sanu played for the Patriots. <laughs> so my, my thing is like, I, Bob Quinn's got to go. Absolutely. I'm completely off that train now. I was always trying to be the voice reason of why he was all right. But it's like, dude, I mean, you might go before Patricia goes. Like, it, this is this is absolutely ridiculous. And I know we've talked about it at nauseum for, what are we in, week 11 now, week 12? We talked about it for 11 and a half weeks now. So I'll let you guys throw in anything else if you have to add. But I'll tell you this. I look at our other, our other teams here in this city, our beloved Detroit Pistons, who have now brought in a new general manager and completely overhauled the roster as they should have in this past week. And now Pistons fans like myself are completely – on board for what's to come. The Red Wings brought in Stevie Y completely has overhauled the roster. Not completely. Hockey's a little different, but like has made just trust them. And I support the wings myself. You are completely in, you are completely in on the, on the future of the franchise. So that that's that you need to bring someone like that to the Detroit lions to just breath of fresh air. Like, maybe not sign Jamie Collins to a three-year deal for him to be the quarterback of your defense and stink. So that's all I got to say about that. Those two got to go. We're going to talk about it probably every week from here on out because they're going to continue to lose in bad ways. And I feel like an idiot after really pitching to everybody last week that this could still turn around because it's not gonna. And these guys both have to go. I'll tell you something though. I, if they lose this week to on Thanksgiving, he's going to get fired. No, I, I think there's no a great escape point because no I think escape. had it not been a short week coming up here, if the Lions didn't play on Thursday, I think Patricia would have gotten fired this week. Seriously. Uh, you go to, you drop the four and six, you look terrible. You get shut out by a really bad team and the team shows no fight. The team quits completely. Maybe Matthew Stafford does give a little phone call to, to Sheila and he says, Hey, you got to get this guy out of here. And it happens. But on a short week, with like, you know, two days of practice, I just obviously it didn't happen. And yeah, Collins, you're exactly right. If they lose to the three-win Texans, another three-win team, you're definitely done. So we'll see what happens. But the, the, the Texans stink. I know Deshaun Watson's good. We'll make our picks in a bit here. But I'm completely with you, Collins. This is it. I mean, I know people are always like, oh, it's the Fords. They're not going to fire midseason. Uh, I believe Mariucci was fired midseason, and this guy's even worse than him. So I think they're going to have to get it at some point. It's, someone's going to quit. Yeah, shout, shout out Mooch. I, this is, I, I have said it a million times. I think that you're a loser if you root for the team to like actively lose. Oh, I hope they I, lose I wanna, this week. I hope they lose well, this week. I, no, I, I, I am almost at the point, I 100% agree with you guys, that I, I actually think, I genuinely believe the best thing that can happen to this franchise is that they go out and get embarrassed on Thursday. I hope because I think that's I, I think that that is the circumstance under well, which yeah, it um, seals their fate. It seals their fate for Patricia. Yeah, because because it's over. Well, at, at the best at, at this point, you might as well get the ball ruined quicker. And if they if they let Deshaun Watson goes out and throws like 500 yards like Tom Brady did on Thanksgiving in those cool red uniforms. I would be ecstatic. I'd be like, oh, they, 
the bad man's gone. Thank God I don't have to deal with this guy with a stupid pencil in his ear for another two years, giving me smug statements like, oh, we know we know what we got to figure out uh, and have the worst defense in the NFL. So I I, 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 I hope Deshaun Watson has a pain man. I hope he gets a gobbler, whatever the Thanksgiving award they give out on Fox or CBS. Just give it to Deshaun Watson already now. The Phil Sims and Washer thing that they used to do back in the day. Just give him whatever he wants so he plays well this weekend. I hope the Lions lose by 50. By 50. Collins, they might. And you know I, what? I hope, I, I hope they do. I'm, I'm so sick of it. I'm so sick of it. <laughs> the Lions haven't won on Thanksgiving since I was a junior in high school, if I'm not mistaken. It's been four years, I think. No, so, I think they won, they won with uh, – did they? Yeah, Matt Prater for the win against Sam Bradford and the Vikings was the last time they won on Thanksgiving. I thought that was early. I think I was there. Oh, my God, I was there. I was there Darius, Slay, Darius Slay picked it off with like a minute yeah, left. Yeah, Sam Bradford. Wait, 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 wait. What have been the last four Thanksgiving games? Well, I'll run you through them. That was the one. That was the last time we won. The year after that, we played the Vikings again and got destroyed by. That was the year Case Keenum and the Vikings went thirteen. Yeah, that was that game was never even close. Yeah. And then, well, I think it was kind of close, but it was like wire to wire for Minnesota. Like we were always playing catch up the whole time, whatever. And then the year after that was the year we played the Bears and Stafford threw that pick six to Eddie Jackson. Yeah. Early Chase Daniel beat you in your home field. Yeah, Chase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was the Chase Daniel game, and then obviously that one too. last season with David Blau uh, playing the Bears again. So we went pack, we went Vikings, Vikings, Bears, Bears, and here we are against the Texans. Maybe trying to turn the tide, not playing an NFC North division rival. I don't know. Yeah. I can't even do this anymore with a straight face, bro. I hope they lose. I, I do. Oh, what's the I line just, of the game? It's, Give me the it's, Texans. Uh, I don't care. Houston's a two and a half point favorite, but I this Good. is my last thing before we can actually move on and do the picks. I, I I urge people to go watch other teams play. Like if you watched Kansas City and in, in Vegas last night, it the Lions play a different sport than these guys. The, 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 like Kansas City and Vegas both. They generate offense. They throw the ball downfield. They're aggressive on offense. They have guys that make plays defensively. They'll throw eight guys in the box and try to go murder the quarterback. They'll play cover zero and try to get in the backfield. The Lions do none of it. And and as you guys have said, this problem is, you know who needs to go? Rod Wood needs to go. You want to talk about a guy that needs to be fired? That guy is clueless. Your hey, president, like your football. team, not a football your team guy. president, who has literally said, and I quote, "I'm not really a football guy, dude. This is not a college. It's not a college athletic program where you're just like a booster that like <laughs> yeah. likes being around I mean, and you like like dressing up for the games. That dude, he, oh my god." There, listen, there, there are go. certain professions. There are certain professions where you can get a, you can get away with that. You work at Foot Locker. I'm not really a shoe guy. Okay, obviously, maybe you don't want to like. <laughs> you maybe you might not want to buy shoes from this guy, but you're still gonna like look at the shoes and maybe you'll you'll buy a pair, whatever. Uh, if you're a surgeon and you're like, yeah, I'm not really into this kind of thing. Okay, stay away from that guy, right? Like you're not gonna you're not gonna have him do your surgery. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I would like not be a football. What are you talking about? You're the president. If, if our if, if president like Joe Biden came out and said, hey, I'm not really a huge politics guy. What the hell? What do we yeah. argue for? Then? Not really like, into foreign what? policy too much. Yeah. I don't Dude, know. Dude, he, you're trying, it, it's. That is a great can of worms you just open. You're right. No one is talking about Rod Wood. Get him Dude, out of here. He, and that's why I, 
I that's where I don't have faith in the Ford family to see a guy that's been around for so long and just be like, you're done. And, and I wish, I, I just wish I was in the mind of Sheila Ford because I have to imagine if I'm in those shoes, granted, do I, would I want to sell the franchise? I don't blame the Ford family for not wanting to sell the franchise. And I also don't think that the Ford family selling the franchise is going to like immediately make the, like if Jeff Bezos buys the team or whatever bullshit people want to put out there, like, does that make you a Super Bowl contender because yes. Jeff Bezos owns the rights to the, to the stadium? No, it yeah. doesn't. But if Sheila Ford wants to, wants to build her legacy here as the owner, then make a move. Like that's, that's where I don't, I don't believe that Rod would whatever. Like he, he like seems untouchable to me. How are you that, how are you that tone deaf to your fan base? Like I almost want to like knock on the door. I want to go like pickets, like a picket sign outside of Ford field and have, I just demand that someone from the family comes to talk to me and I will be the spokesperson for this fan base and say, this is what we want to have happen. How you don't hear any of us is beyond me. Make it happen. Rod Wood, gone. Bob Quinn, gone. Patricia, gone. Unlin, gone. Bevel, gone. Special teams guy, gone. I, I, I want them all gone. Everyone. Everyone needs to go. That's all I have to say. Well, Let's hold up, hold up. The special yeah. teams guy, Braden Coombs, he needs to be our next head coach. So don't can him. He's fantastic. Well, that's, his boys jumped off sides on a fourth and five punt attempt. Like we're going to block it and run it back for a touchdown. And we're all the way down 20 to seven now. And they jumped the next. I, dude. Oh my God. That was on purpose. But like I said, I think that, I, that was on purpose. I really think that might've been on purpose. Also, I, I, also I, like actually agree with you. I mean, seriously. no, no. I, 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 plus, cause if you look at it from the other perspective, I, I believe don't quote me on this. I shouldn't even say this, but Matthew Stafford, there was like a shot of him on the sideline with like two minutes left. And he said, I'm not going back in. I think that's what he sees. Like, I'm not going back in there. So I think like they might've just done that to end the game. Like, Jump off sides, game over. Panthers you know, take I, I, I tweeted I tweeted about Matthew Stafford, dude. How how that guy has never in his 12 years here gotten up on the podium once and A, you know, like called out the team for like not playing well, called out the coaching staff. Like when you're a player that's been in the league for that long and you're a the single like highest captain of this team. You are allowed to go to your front office and go, this guy's killing our locker room. Get him out. Especially when he's ever done it. But well, I don't know either because you know, you'll never hear him say a bad word, dude. He's such a no, class act. He never says a bad word. And that's what we love about him. But the other thing that's crazy is that he is so like his ass is on the line every Sunday. He takes the blame all the time. And it's like, dude, blame this guy. Like I know more so this year, it's been a lot focused on Patricia. But I remember Patricia's first year, man. I mean, like, every, everyone was calling for Stafford's job and, like, Stafford's contract. And, oh, we're paying him all this money. Whatever. Let's just put it – let, let's just do the picks. We got we to move yes. on. Yes. Uh, here's the leaderboard. Ryan Collins, uh, actually in last place somehow this year, 9-11 and 11 for Ryan Collins. Trent Bailey, you are 11-9. and 9. I am hanging on by a thread at 12 and eight went over two, as I told you I would last week, as I flipped my pick to the over at the end, I thought the Panthers were going to hit the over by themselves. I swear to God, um, Texans at lions, 1230 PM kickoff on Thursday. 
despite the Lions usually losing this game, I will say one of my favorite traditions is to watch the Lions with my family before Thanksgiving. The Joey Harrington jersey will be on. The Thanksgiving edition jersey will be on in full effect. The Houston Texans come into Ford Field, a two-and-a-half point favorite. The total is 51-and-a-half points. Uh, Collins, we'll start with you. I'm going to wear my Clemson shirt, my Clemson headband. <laughs> I'm going to wear everything to support Deshaun. No, I don't – I mean, I don't – well, I, I, I mean, like you said, it's always fun that the Lions play Thanksgiving. I'm not. It's like one of my favorite things in the world. I and, and when they're good, it's awesome. Or when they have some sort of chance to make the playoffs or something, it's fantastic. But it's don't tell me it doesn't stink when they stink because it's always embarrassing when you're going. You got to look at Twitter going, oh, the Lions that why why how, how they haven't replaced this team yet? Like the same stuff like that. Like uh, it just bugs me. But they're not wrong. If I was a person in that, like national media, I'd be like, I don't want to watch the Lions. They stink every year. Like, why? Why we keep? Why we keep letting them playing things to me? I, I, I don't know. But I mean, Texans are gonna win. I hope they win by fifty. I hope Matt Patricia is ejected into space after the game. And, <laughs> and, and, and after that, I mean, I hope Bob Quinn joins them. So, go Texans. What about the total? Total. Under. I've been taking overs all year and they hit the under a million. That's why it's killing my record. It's not the wins and losses, not with the spread. It's the overs. Keep taking the overs and the Lions can't score. All right. I, oh, God. I, I listen, I'm going to, I'm going to pick the, <laughs> I'm going to pick the Texans to cover. I think the Lions will win by like one just because it's Thanksgiving. They and can't, we they're a favorite. Wait, I thought you said the Texans were two and a half point favorites. They are. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, Lions cover them. <laughs> Lions cover. Lions cover because they but either Texans win by win. one. No, no, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not doing win losses anymore. Oh, I'm okay, okay, going. Okay. I am. I am strictly going by the rules, which are pick the spread. Usually, I give a win, winner a loser. And <laughs> you know what? Screw it. Lions win. Lions win. They find a way to win. I think it goes over. I've had this game circled all year as like a shootout, just going to be like crazy, like two pretty bad defenses and two dynamic quarterbacks. I would think the ball is going to get moved pretty easily on the Lions defense, and I'm going to assume that Matthew Stafford can maybe get into the red zone once or twice this Sunday as opposed to zero times uh, against the Carolina Panthers. But, man, I mean, there's a lot of injuries with the Lions. I, I, I hate this pick. I will say this. I am – the least confident in this pick that I've been all season, but I'm going to pick the lions to cover and win. And I'm going to pick the over. That's a lot of points though, for these teams. Do they man. wear the throwbacks? They haven't been wearing yes, them. Recently. Yes. That, that nothing irritates me more than when they don't wear them. They had, they could Nike actually made the lions have four uniform sets. They have the home and away, which you can obviously mix and match the pants. They have the home and they have, they have the away. They have the gray color rush, and they have the Thanksgiving uniforms are a Nike set for this game. They probably they, – they wore them light. Like, they've been wearing them. Some, some years they don't, though, year. You're right. Yeah, they did. They wore color rush last year, but they, they wore the throwbacks uh, against the Chiefs they? week three, week four. Yeah. They wore, I think they wore – I definitely saw them last year. I think the only time they've worn them was uh, – Eh, did they wear them the previous two years? I know they wore them against the Bears when they lost on the pitch sets, but I don't know. Yeah, where, we, where we wore them against the Bears, and then we wore them against the Chiefs last year. And I feel like – no, okay, they haven't worn them this year yet, no. Yeah, okay. wear them. Cool. That would be my only present I need for Thanksgiving. You can lose by 40, but look nice. 
Um, there, I, I want to go back to something that Ryan Collins said earlier, as we've now been talking about the Lions for an hour. There is no better feeling than going to a Lions Thanksgiving Day game when they are in contention for the playoffs and they it's got a packed Ford field and they somehow win and you're riding the high home all the way or all the way back home you're riding that high and you walk into Thanksgiving dinner you're high fiving your mom your grandma whoever's there and the rest of the night is just beautiful so obviously we don't get to experience any of that this year even without COVID. This team is in no position to make me excited for anything the rest of the season. I will take the Texans. I will take the under because I genuinely don't think the Lions are going to be able to keep pace. I think that Sean Watson can have a game similar to how he had this last week where he absolutely went off. Um, I, I just I don't see it anymore. And, and this, to me, is the game if the Lions lose. I have to imagine come Friday, whether it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or Monday, Matt Patricia should and hopefully will no longer be the head coach of your team, hand the keys to Daryl Bubble for the last X amount of games of the, of the season, and when the season is over, if I have to go to Ford Field and scream it to the rooftops, everyone in the organization from Rod Wood down needs to be removed from their position, and we start over, and we'll, we'll go through the circle of life again, and I'm sure we'll be here in five years talking about how it hasn't worked again. And whatever. Now I'm just being cynical and negative and it's gross, but whatever. Lions done. We can talk about one team in this city. Actually, I would say all three teams that are not the Lions are doing it right. The Pistons talk about rebuild. Oh my God. I, I, my phone was like crashing because of all the notifications I was getting of, of Weaver and these moves that he was making. I'm trying, I'm sure you have it all covered. I'm sure you have a spreadsheet of every move that was made, every protected pick, what this and that, whatever. I think the only, I think the, the obviously the draft pick that the, the Pistons ended up taking at seven, Killian Hayes from France, as, as Trenton Collins talked about at length in the podcast, I think we can all agree it was a great pick. And I think he's a great fit here. So I think that's the only actual draft pick that the Pistons had that wasn't part of some trading for the pick and then, I also hate the way the NBA does that too. Like, like every other league, if you trade a pick, like if the Red Wings, if the Red Wings make a trade with San Jose and San Jose's pick is now the Red Wings, they go on the clock as the Red Wings. So I, I get all confused, but yeah, it's weird. There's a million things to talk about. I, I'll, I'll turn it over to you guys to break it down. I mean, obviously, Killian Hayes is the draft pick. Uh, they get Sadiq Bay in a trade. Luke Kennard no longer a Piston. Kyrie Thomas no longer a Piston. Tony Snell no longer a Piston, Christian Wood, no longer a Piston, Mason Plumley, Julio Okafor, Josh Jackson, Jeremy Grant, I'm out of breath, hey. Trent, break it down, someone help me out. Well, first of someone all, you forgot you forgot Thanos, Thon Maker, no longer a Piston. Good yeah, yeah. Langston, right Galloway, Langston Galloway is also off the team now, Collins is player comp, he's off. But look, Killian Hayes, I mean, yes, there were two guys that I talked about in our draft preview that I really wanted, and it was LaMelo Ball and Killian Hayes, so I am ecstatic that they went with the right guy. He's six foot five. He's a point guard. Go listen last week if you want more in-depth on him. Collins and I both were on board. Uh, I guess my only gripe, if you could even call it that, was I thought, you know, you could have gotten him a little bit later. But, you know, obviously the Pistons compensated by getting, I think it was what, the the 16th and the 19th pick. Isaiah Stewart, uh, they, they picked him 16th overall, um, the center from Washington. I think he is going to be fantastic. I am, like, more excited for him than I am for Killian Hayes, maybe. 
Like he's a, he's a rim runner. He's basically a Christian Wood. He's just got to work on his shot. Uh, letting Christian Wood walk, I think was the right decision. I think that mm. I, a, a one year, a one year flash in the pan isn't really enough for me on a bad team. Like I'm just not really, I'm not really with it, but look, I mean, if, if you look at the roster now, Saban Lee is another guy. He's a point guard from Vanderbilt that the Pistons picked up late uh, 38th overall. I believe I love that pick. Speedy Mikhail Lucas still on the team. Davida Servita is going to join the team. Uh, Jeremy Grant and Mason Plumley, two guys who really contributed a lot to the Denver Nuggets, really, if you look at it. Uh, Mason Plumley, known more for his defense, backing up Nikola Jokic uh, in the playoffs and everything. But, uh, I mean, you still got Seku. I'm just so excited to watch this team. And, of course, Blake and Derrick Rose. Who knows if they'll actually survive this season. But, yes, the Pistons have finally, finally started the rebuild. And boy, have they started it. Like Luke Kennard is not on the team anymore. I always liked him and I was kind of like in defense of him. And I listed him as part of the young core. But at the same time, I mean, you get a, you get a pick for him. And now we got an exciting new player in Sadiq Bey to, to watch and kind of hit reset because Luke Kennard hadn't really taken that step and been the, been the player that the Pistons drafted him. Where they get him 12, something like that to, to, to be. So it's just kind of, I am just really excited, I guess, is what I'm saying. And, and Jalil Okafor is also on the team. I know that's a very low-risk signing, uh, high reward. You know, he could end up, I don't know, catching his second wind and being great. You know, he was drafted third overall once upon a time. So uh, I, I look at the roster, and I'm just excited, man. The, the, as the, you know, the offseason goes on, um, and the season actually creeps closer and closer. It's a month away now. Um, I'm just, I'm so excited to watch these guys. I think the average age on the Pistons has to be like 25, 24 years old. So it's going to be great stuff. Killian Hayes is going to be fantastic. Sekou Dumboya is only going to get better. Dwayne Casey's been raving about him. Sadiq Bey is a great shooter. Isaiah Stewart, so excited to watch him on defense. I'm just, I'm ecstatic. Collins, what do you think? Uh, I like the Sadiq Bey pick a lot. I think he's a guy that the Pistons haven't really had like in the repertoire where they actually have like somewhat of a knockdown shooter and has the size to play like an actual three and D which you need in today's. NBA. Right. He's, he's a scrappy defender too. That's yeah. the other thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I liked him. And, and if you looked at what Villanova's done in the past, like six to seven years, they've produced pretty good NBA players. They really have. If you really go through it, like, I mean like Omari Smelvin has been like maybe their worst one and he's like serviceable. Like, I, like, I think you got a serviceable player there. Isaiah Stewart, I, I don't really see the fit at 16 necessarily, but I don't hate it. A guy with a lot of upside and who plays really hard. I, I'm never going to hate that. Killian Hayes, I haven't seen a lot out of him, but what I've heard of his comp is D'Angelo Russell on the high side. So why not? That means very young team. The one thing, I mean, I literally have no idea what the Pistons are doing. No clue. They are blowing it up. They're going to be terrible. That It's clear they're doing that. But with some of the signings, I was like, when they signed Jeremy Grant to twenty million a year, I mean that's yeah, that's three insane. Years, three for sixty, which is twenty million a year. Yes, <laughs> I am aware. I agree. And then they signed. Um, I mean, I like Mason Plumley personally. I've always have. He's a very good backup center. Instead of Christian Wood, I mean, I didn't get that. I really didn't. I I, I understand their tanking, and I'm going to trust Troy Weaver because I mean the only way you get better in the NBA is if you get premier, premier players. And that's the only way you're going to compete at a very high level. And the only way you get those premier, premier players, if you're in the city of Detroit is if you get the first, second or third pick in the draft. 
and the Pistons have not been slotted there in what since Darko. So uh, they got to get back to a place like that. They got to stink so bad that they're going to have an opportunity to get a Cade Cunningham. They have an opportunity to get a Monty Bates in a couple of years, and they're setting themselves up there with a, a young core too. So this young core can get better. So when the possibility of you getting one of these impact players, the the rebuild window speeds up a little bit. So, I, I mean, all things considered, I'm excited. I have no idea what he's doing. It's either going to work out fantastically or it's going to be horrible. Because I, I like, they were making it – they probably had like 11 transactions in the span of three days, something yeah. like that. It was insane. And one thing I did see – one thing I did see, I do hope that they keep Zaire Smith. I saw that they might, like, stretch him. I wouldn't like that. I hope they don't because I think he's a young guy with a little promise. You might as well give him a little bit of run. But it seems like they want that spot for Svee and some of the younger guys. So, I mean, all the power to him. I don't know. I it, It's going to be interesting to see what this roster looks like. They're definitely not done because they just have way too many people on this roster for it to make any sense. I don't know how they're making some of the stuff work with their cap space either. Like I, I don't know where they got twenty million for Jeremy Grant. Like I, I obviously, there there's something going on with Blake, and I'm assuming Blake is going to get shipped out of here sooner than we thought. As he thought, should. We no because we thought like oh it would be a surprise, but we we wouldn't be shocked if Blake got moved last week. I'm almost certain now that he's didn't move before the season. Yeah, we'll see. Look, and, and Collins, to your point about kind of the Jeremy Grant thing, like, what are we doing? I didn't really get it, but I mean, whatever. I, I, don't, I don't either. I guess if I could make any sense out of it, the reason I'm not absolutely livid about it is because it's a three-year contract, and I guess if you look at the timeline for a rebuild, it's usually about three years, maybe two if you're really lucky. But it's it's like, I think that I think the Pistons want to develop these guys like Seku and Killian Hayes in an environment where they have some – you know, serviceable players around them instead of just basically stacking the deck like the Sixers did all those years with terrible players. And then obviously, you know, your guys like Markel Fultz and Michael Carter-Williams and Jaleel Okafor and Nerlens Noel don't develop to the point that they should because they're playing with shitty guys. So I think that's kind of the logic here is if you've got the money, spend it on average guys, get them on the wings. And, and if you notice, a lot of the guys in the Pistons are going at are either wings or they're bigs. They're leaving those point guard minutes for Killian Hayes and Derrick Rose, which I love. I mean, we're, we're going to see in years that they're, they're not going to bring them back. It's just kind of a rental thing as part of the rebuild. You got the money, you got to spend it. It's not like it rolls over. So no, that's I, it. I get it. I just don't, I didn't think they had this money. I, I and they don't have this money. I don't I know either. So, I, I mean, they're moving some people, they're stretching people, they stretch dead men in that trade. To get, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I forgot they even traded Bruce Brown last week. They literally, I mean, Blake Griffin is the longest tenured Piston right now. That's wild. I saw that. He's been on the team since 2018, the trade deadline, and he yes. is the longest tenured. Longest tenured player on the Detroit Pistons. And like you said, the signings, I saw something that like maybe that, because this is a bad free agent class, that you spend, yeah. a, you spend money on these guys. And then next year, when people miss out on guys, you deal them. So maybe this is like some sort of future plan for Troy Weaver for the people who miss out on the bid free agents next summer. So I I don't know, I don't know. But I, I mean I like I'm not gonna get worked up about them overpaying Jeremy Grant in a rebuild. 
Like it's right. never going to like eventually stunt this. It's, it's not like they gave him a six year deal or a five year right. max. It's a three year deal. It's uh, a three year deal. Million. Yeah. And it, it, it could be worse. It honestly could have been worse. And that, that disappointment, if you will, will never outweigh the excitement about the younger players. So that, that to, that's where I'm at, dude. I am so excited to watch Seku, Killian Hayes, Sadiq Bay, Isaiah Stewart, all those guys. Like, I am so excited to watch those players. At, even Jalil Okafor. Why like, did you me Woods' money, though? Why would you I, – I, like, I get, I get that Wood ended up getting 41, but, like – uh, you can't split the difference with Grant. Did you? I, and I try. It's a fair point you made that it's like a one year on a bad team. He maybe is not going to live up to what Pistons fans have made him out to be. But like, it didn't even seem like they wanted the, like one of them back in Detroit. Like, yeah. it, it, take a flyer on this guy. You want to yeah. like next year he, he could be playing with James Harden and, and, and be on a top four team in the West and be a major contributor. And you just let this guy walk out the door. So I, I I don't know I that was the one thing I questioned I why give Mason Plumley that money when you could have splurged a little bit more into Christian Wood which I think he has a high ceiling so why not like take a look at that but I guess not. I'm just very impressed with Troy Re- Troy Weaver from the standpoint of like I said I, I feel like on draft night in the last couple of days it was just nonstop notifications like this guy's gone this guy's gone this guy's coming so to me. I'm glad that he had the balls to step up and be like, we're blowing this thing up. Like, I, if you don't think Kyrie Thomas is part of the future success, gone. See ya. Tony Snell. Like, that's $12 million. That That's funny to me, too, how, like, he picked up his player option. We're like, yep, just kidding. See ya. Like, so Tony Snell, obviously not a part of the future. See ya. Well, I'm sure Blake Griffin and or Derek Rose will be traded very soon. Like, see ya. So I'm glad that he was doing those things. But the thing that impressed me most is – He's checking all the boxes of what a rebuild has to be. You know, obviously option A is trading these big contracts like you're doing, trading guys like Blake Griffin, Blake Griffin, Derek Rose, which will be traded. That's a big part of it and dumping salary cap. Another big part of it is taking salary on, which they haven't really done. But either way, it's acquiring assets, acquiring young players, and taking flyers on guys like a Zaire Smith, like a Jeremy Grant, who could. Jeremy Grant's a guy to me who. Jeremy Grant's backup. good. Like taking a flyer. Yeah, on like, he played. Uh, Justin, exactly. Like, uh, he played. He played backup Jeff, minutes like, in Denver. I mean, the Pistons basically have all the guys that Michigan State missed out on recruiting the past like five years. <laughs> What's his name? Josh Jackson. Yeah, that guy. Well, even a guy like Jaleel Okafor too. Like, I, I like Another the guy idea Michigan of missed out on recruiting. Yep, I like the idea of taking guys that are younger and maybe unproven that some people have written off as boss, but as you see in some cases, they just need an opportunity. So Troy Weaver, like I, I'm not going to pretend to sit here and tell you that I watch enough of Zaire Smith and Jeremy Grant to tell you of like what the X's and O's are of what kind of team he wants to build. But I think at the very least, you know, you get a guy like Mason Plumlee, uh, obviously they traded away Tony Bradley, but people were complaining about like, oh, like they're trying to get so many of these big men. I think the idea is like you need rim protectors, guys that can play D, and you're going to let your young guys essentially establish the offense and just shoot and like let them get better. So I, I think Jeremy Grant's a guy who was playing backup minutes in Denver and probably from everything that I was reading, like Denver was prepared to re-sign him, but like he just he wanted to take money elsewhere to get an opportunity. Now you're going to get an opportunity with the Pistons to show what you can do. And I do think that there's probably some guys on this roster that are going to be traded come the trade deadline and that you're using as trade bait that hopefully you can flip at the deadline. 
But all in all, I mean, you really can't ask for much more for a team that needs to rebuild. This is the first time in years for the Pistons that you're doing it right. And that's what the rebuild, like the rebuild is supposed to be ugly. It's not supposed to be this purgatory of you floating around the eight seat. Very few teams can float and be relevant and be in playoff contention, but still improve and build towards the future. So the Pistons have gone to the complete other extreme. They're going to stink. They're going to probably hopefully be in the top three, at least in draft picks, if they're as bad as they should be come next draft. So all good stuff for me, like Christian Wood leaving. That's like the one thing that I maybe scratch my head at and I thought that they maybe liked him a bit more to bring him back, but I guess for the money that he got from Houston, like I don't, I don't hate it because like, like Trent said, like, who knows if for a one on a one year flyer that the Pistons had him for, like whatever. So we'll see. So all good stuff. I mean, I'm happy to see at least you know they're they're making moves. So um, unless we got anything else, I guess we could do the trifecta and we can wrap up the Thanksgiving special 2020. Yeah, go Pistons. I got nothing else to. Add, but I guess we'll do the trifecta here. Um, we'll we'll roll right into the Thanksgiving spirit. I'll ask you guys. This is a very controversial question I'm about to ask. Is turkey good? Because no. I think it stinks. I think it's horrible. I like dark meat. Other than that, I don't even like that that much. Like I would rather eat ham or chicken than dark meat turkey. So do you guys like turkey? Yes, but I think turkey hate it, hate is literally – when you talk about like Thanksgiving turkey – it only works like twice or twice a year. It literally right, like, like it's it's a Thanksgiving thing. It's, it's it's part of the tradition. You eat it on Thanksgiving, and I always eat it, but I don't really love it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but like the thing about it though, it is good. Like it's good. I objectively think it's good, especially because it's a perfect table setter for all the sides. It really is because it, whatever it is, turkey is so dry. It's just it's always like it doesn't matter who makes it or like how you make it it's always dry it's always not what you think it's going to be it looks way better than it actually tastes but you're like oh, okay that's fine i mean whatever that's just like above board like chicken like it is what it is and then you're like ooh, the stuffing ooh, the mac and cheese ooh, the mashed potatoes ooh, give me a roll Ooh, let's move on to the pumpkin but it's a great table setter you always eat it first and, and if you're a gravy guy you mix the gravy onto it like i i think it's a great table setter it's not it's not the best thing on the menu for sure i'm not a ham guy so i can't speak to the meat section of that argument but i, I i'll say i like turkey i'm a white meat guy though turkey the turkey itself is a disgusting gross ugly bird and it is translated into how the meat actually tastes as Colin said, turkey is so, so dry, and it never has any taste. And it's, it's no, it's no commentary it's like on fine. the people. No, 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 no. The people that it's no commentary on the people in my life that have made turkey on Thanksgiving. I know my uncle David out in Chicago. I believe deep fries his turkey every year. Like you see, like outside, it can like blow up your house. Like it's a whole thing. And I hear that that is the way to do turkey because it's not as dry and it actually tastes good. I like lunch meat turkey. Thanksgiving turkey is just, you got to just soak it in gravy and just choke a couple pieces down because you have to for the novelty of Thanksgiving. I commend people, like anyone that does a Thanksgiving or a turkey on Christmas, God bless you, could never be me. If I could do ham, both meals, I would. 
for Thanksgiving and Christmas, but you got to do, uh, you have, you have, that's the thing. You have to do Turkey on Thanksgiving. I will say I, I can get with some cold Turkey, like sandwiches for leftovers, but I just think I'll tell you what, and I know like Brian Collins is going to jump down my throat for this one. I think the Thanksgiving spread itself is grossly overrated. That's just, just completely, I mean, just blast completely overrated. Okay. I mean, that's talking probably, you probably don't like stuffing, which is a cowardice move. You probably don't, I mean, you probably don't have mac and cheese in the mix at your Thanksgiving, which is a cowardice move. Uh, I mean, Thanksgiving is fantastic. It really, I, and I, I, I've come around on Thanksgiving the last like five years. Cause I used to be like, not like that. And I, and then my love of stuffing can stuffing has really stuffing is fantastic. If you get a good, good stuffing in the mix, it's a high volatile like side though. Like people can mess it up pretty bad. My mom makes a good stuffing, so I'm all in on stuffing. Yeah. Okay. I love so me personally, I love Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving's fantastic. I don't like turkey because it's part of the thing, right? Part of the mantra of Thanksgiving. Say what? You don't like turkey? Did you say Collins? I lost you guys. No, you went. You went Transformers on us again. Oh yeah. God! I, I I hate I hate the internet in my room. We'll, we'll have to figure that out for next week. But whatever. <laughs> I I don't like turkey itself, but I eat it because it's part of the yeah. the Thanksgiving it's tradition, right? Eat your but, and I don't even like I, I. Yeah, I always eat it. It's like I don't eat it. I eat it. It's but I love the I love the potatoes. Whether it's like cheesy potatoes, mashed potatoes, it's all good. Oh. I love like. Uh, I love mac and cheese. Thanksgiving is great. I agree. It's awesome. So I'll say I just that, wanted to, to Rab's argument about Christmas. Christmas is different though, because if you're from an Italian family, then you got Italian food in the mix, yeah, which is yeah. a yeah. huge upgrade, but they're different things. They're complete. Like uh, if you're not from an Italian family, you probably got like from a German family, you got German food in the mix. If you got like, if you're from a Croatian, you got Tro- no, I mean, Polish family, you got Polish food in the mix. So that's like usually like whatever your like family, like nationalities going on. And you got that in the mix on Christmas. Thanksgiving is like standard. Like everyone's at the same things kind of going on with a few different twists. And I love Thanksgiving for that. Thanksgiving so like bland and you know what you're getting every year and it's still fantastic. All right. Good answers. Second question here in the trifecta. If you could have been born in any different decade, which decade would you be born in? 90s. So essentially, if you could grow up during any time, what would it be? But you got to do the math to count back to what decade you would have been born in. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'll probably say 90s. You'd want to wait, wait, you born in the 90s? You'd want to grow up in the 90s. So you'd want to be born in the 80s. Or maybe in like, like, 85 how about that that's good that's a great answer like, you know, you know, Trent, there's a there's a lot of times like i want to grow up in like any time past like 1970 it can get real problematic like you, like you, you really think about like the way we lived before that it's like not good so i'm just gonna stick with 85 i think we were in a good spot then okay that's true that's true fair there's a, there's a lot of times that i actually ponder this question a couple eras of time that I think I would have done really well at. I think I would have done great in like the Pirates of the Caribbean type era. I think I would have really excelled there. I would have had a lot of fun. I don't think I would have been a pirate, but I think I would have been like one of the Englishmen, but I like that era. I think medieval times I would have done well too. Like kind of like Game of Thrones-ish. I think I would have done fine. 
Um, Roaring 20s. Would have been a, would have loved to have been around the Roaring 20s. You see some old school baseball like Babe Ruth is your guy. I think I would have done great there. I like whatever, whatever era, whatever like time frame that the Sandlot kids were like kids in that movie. I always, what I, yeah, whatever, whatever that is. One of my favorite scenes in any movie ever is when the kids are on the 4th of July and they're running through the neighborhood and the fireworks are going off and they got the whole neighborhoods out eating together, which you never see anymore these days. And the kids go out to play baseball. One of my favorite scenes in any movie ever Whatever that era is, like 50s, 60s, whatever, I think I would have done great. Would have loved to be there. Music, the music too, like Elvis would be like my guy. I'd be, oh, unbelievable. Yeah, that's that's kind of more where I'm at. Here's the thing. I'm going to say right on the money, I'm going to throw my dad under the bus. My dad was born in 1968. That's where, that is the year I'd want to be born because you get everything. You get the classic, like you get like Michael Jackson in his prime, and then you get like you know, like the 80s hair metal and all that fun stuff. And then like Star Wars comes out when you're nine years old. And then like you get the bad boys in college and you get to watch Barry Sanders be great. Like all that stuff, that 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 to me is like perfect. Yeah. So I'd say 1960, mid-60s, I'd want to be born. I literally based my whole thing just on WWE wrestling. If I got to grow up in an attitude <laughs> era, that's something I would die to be like. Dude, The Undertaker retired officially. Did you see I that? I saw that, yeah. That's that. Talk about feeling. He'll old. be bad. That Don't is worry. heartbreaking. He'll be bad. That's what I mean. I feel like I feel like some of these guys have been retired, but like they always they just come back for like one. Like Edge came back at the Royal Rumble in 2020. Well, Edge had a, had a Edge. ending neck injury that he found some treatment that he could finally get back in the ring. That's what happened with Edge. But I, Undertaker will be back. That's just what wrestlers do. They're like, I'm retired, and then like ten years later they'll show up at later WrestleMania and be back. So I don't know. He'll be back. God, I love The Undertaker. Not Shout an Undertaker, Undertaker. guy, but he's a lot trick. Shout out Undertaker, even though I don't literally care at all about WWE. That's Thanks, dude. Um, question. Huh? Transformers. Did you guys look again? This is bullshit. I got to close it. Lock in. You're fine now. Lock in. Go, Last go, go Transformer. <laughs> Have you ever been car shopping or did like your parents kind of take care of that for you? Because I'll say this, I totaled my car by hitting a deer a couple months, like a month ago. <laughs> did I never tell Rabs this story? I no, told no, you. I don't mean to laugh. I don't mean no, to no, laugh. No, no, I, no. I, I, I don't think I ever told you. I hit a oh, deer yeah, on yeah, the yeah, highway. You told it on the pod. No, not on this I told one. it on green and white. I don't think I told it on the pod. But Were you it doesn't really matter. On the highway? What are you talking about? You definitely told it on this. No, I did not know. No, he did I not. Said, I, I said it on green and white. Know. I said that on green and white for what made me mad this week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, Rab, yeah, right. basically, just to the story, Rabs, is that I hit a deer going 80 on the highway and spun out of control into a ditch, and my car got totaled. And I was totally fine. But um, So oh, now I'm in the market for a new car. So today, my mom and I drove out to uh, Hastings, Michigan. And if you're not familiar with the West Side, it's about a 45-minute drive from where I live. Um, and this car that was great on cars.com, uh, we, we can go to, like, test drive it. And all of a sudden, its engine light's on, and it's not driving right. And I was like, this is just ridiculous. There has to be a less painful way to do car shopping, but there isn't. So I just want to ask you guys, have you ever been car shopping? You should have asked to see the Carfax. Well, I we did. The Carfax oh, wasn't up to date, clearly, because it said nothing <laughs> about anything. Show me the Carfax. No free ads. 
Tor Fox. Um, uh, uh, I don't know. I, I, what's it called? When I first started driving, I drove the car I was taken home in the hospital from a 1998 Expedition. That was my first nice. car I ever drove, and then I totaled it. So, <laughs> I, I and then I did. I lost car privileges for a very long time, and then I eventually got like a 2002 Ford Expedition, like the same color, because my dad was obsessed with Ford used Ford Expeditions. But eh, not really. I haven't really been. Dude, car shopping is a pain, though, because you never really know, especially buying cars in Michigan, especially used cars. Most of them are rusted off because we just live in terrible weather for like four right. to five months out of the year. So, like, you have a problem with that. And, like, buying a new car is a hassle. Getting a lease on a car is a hassle. So, I mean, no, I haven't. Thank God I haven't yet. But I, I'm, I'm going into the real world in about four months, five months. So, I probably will have to pretty soon. Here's my, I'll give you my car history breakdown. This is a great story. My first car when I turned 16 was my Papa Irwin's 1998 Chrysler Sebring convertible. Nice, Unbelievable car, beautiful green car. Shout out Papa Irwin. And one day I'm leaving for school and I have the car in the driveway. And if I can, if you can picture this, my car is obviously I'm about to pull out of the back. I'm about to pull like out of my driveway, but I don't have a clicker for my, for my garage. So I have to get out of my car and shut the garage and then get in my car and leave. So we have this light post that's got this little light on it, like right next to the garage. And so I pull my car out of the garage and I got the door open and I just, all I want to do, I want to make a quick move out, go shut the garage, get back in. Well, lo and behold, I go to get out of the car and I did not put the brake on the car. So as my, I have one foot out the door, other foot in the car, my car starts rolling back with the driver's side door open and I roll right, right back into the light post and the door folds back on itself. And so that was a mess. So for the rest of me having that car, luckily we were able to slam. And when I mean slam, we took a crowbar to get the metal out that was wedged inside the body of the car, slammed the driver's side door shut, locked that door. And every single time that I had to get in my car, I had to go to the passenger side, open it with my key and climb over the, the center console to drive my car like Dukes of Hazards kind of. So that's, that was my first car, the 98 Sebring. Second car, 07 Jeep Commander. Beauty of a car. This thing was a tank on wheels, driving to go let someone's dog out. I'm literally, I'm turning a corner to go down the street. Lo and behold, there is another car driving on the same side of the street at me. So I panic, split the wheel into the left side of the lane, wrap my car around a tree. That car was gone. So now, now to get to your question, Usually the way that car buying process works for my family is my dad will come home and be like, this is the car you're getting. What color do you want? And that's like the extent to which I get to pick it. <laughs> but I always, so I've had, I had a 2000 after the command robot compass. And then I had a 2020 Jeep compass. So the, the Jeep compasses too, like no disrespect. I love the Jeeps. But I always end up getting the cars that are like the hot car for like high school and college kids that year. Like every kid, everyone that has their parents go to the dealership to, to like lease a car, they're getting sold compass. the Jeep Compass because it's like cheap and it's affordable and like it's a, a whatever car. So I, I, yeah, the car buying process, I don't really get how it works because like, I, I mean, I know there's like a price that the cars are supposed to cost, but apparently you can negotiate prices or something. 
I don't know. It's like, like I didn't realize that you could negotiate a, your your price for a car, and it's just over my head. And I'm glad that I didn't have to do it. But next car I'm going to have to get is going to be on my own, obviously. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, it's just quite a process, I guess, is what I was going to say. I mean, my first car was the blue Ford Focus. Loved it so much. Obviously, hit a deer. Not good anymore. So now, try. I try. I need a new to car. Hear, I, I need to hear that story. So you're going 80 miles per hour on the highway by yourself? Yes, yes, by myself. I'm driving to East Lansing. I'm literally 10 minutes away when I there's a deer in the middle of – so it's a two-lane highway, right? And it's in the middle of it. It's sitting in the middle of the highway. And it's nighttime. So I didn't, like, see it until the last second. And then, of course, I kind of got out of the way, and it was fine. And then at the very last second, the deer decided to run – and it, it clipped the corner of my car and it slammed up on my windshield. So my windshield shattered. And then because it hit the corner of the car, it sent me spinning. So that's why the car spun and it spun into a ditch. Wait, wait. So you're saying the deer was like sitting in the middle, like it was like hanging out? It was standing. Or was it like standing there? Standing there with its head like turned like this, right? And then I immediately, I mean, it's like, it's a, it's a, I can't imagine. Yeah, dude, I can't imagine. Like, right. Like you're you're on the highway at nighttime going 80 miles an hour. So this is like the the, the story I just told. It happened within two and a half, three seconds. Like, it's like, oh, you see the deer, you move over, the deer runs, it hits you. And then you just like, it it was like so quick. So, so the deer, did the deer run to the same side of the road that you were like turning to? That's what you're saying? Yes. I hit its backside. I, cause it almost got there. I hit its backside. If that makes sense. Like, Oh, okay. Dude, that is, that is like, I can't, would you, would you scream it? Were you screaming? What was the reaction? What was, like, was it a horn? Did you give him the horn? <laughs> like, like, well, well, I was singing as it, uh, I was singing. Right yeah, I know you had, it. you had like little red Corvette on. You just didn't know what was going on. I, I had, I had Heart of Stone by Cher on. I, I doubt you've ever heard that song. It was a fantastic song. So I was, I was belting that out and it, it actually was perfect because it got right to the climax of the song where I was singing and then I hit the deer and then, yeah, I just went from singing to screaming and then I like, I was leaning to my right the whole time because it's dark and I can't see and I'm spinning this way. So I know that like, if I hit something, I'm flying to the left here, but I never hit anything. Uh, the car just came to a stop and the grass at the bottom of the ditch and it was all good. So it was like a, it was like a step, it was like a step brothers thing. Like when they're singing sweet child of mine and he pulls the car into the other side of traffic. Yes, pretty much. Dude. Well, I'm God, I'm glad you're okay. I feel horrible for laughing. So what was your thought process? It's okay to laugh when I say, you know, in general, I'm like, yeah, I hit a deer on the highway going 80. So. Well, how, how, how long were you spinning for? Like, was there a moment where you were like, I'm dead, I'm dying. I mean, I definitely thought I was going to crash. I didn't think I was going to, it couldn't have happened at a better place. There was no guardrail on the side of the highway and there were no trees in the grass or anything. Like it was the perfect place. It could have happened. Like when well, I tell no, you, I'm so, you're lucky, you're lucky that you didn't hit it and like cross over a median or something. Yeah, no. And I didn't, I didn't like roll the car or anything. It just, it spun probably three or four times. It spun a lot. Like I remember being dizzy when it stopped and then it stopped and I was like, well, it could have been from the CTE well, you that you acquired. Happened. Yeah. Well, I don't Did people know. pull over. Did you have pedestrians, good Samaritans pull over and help you out? Yes. So not to like tell the full story, but yeah, a trucker stopped oh, and then story. a trucker stopped and then he came 
looking down to make sure I was all right. And I was like, is the deer okay? Which was a dumb question to ask, but I asked it anyways. And he goes, horrible question. You hero. What a hero. It's like, it's like Trent, it's like Trent, Trent's the kind of guy that, that like dives into the end zone and blows his ACLs out and he like can't move, but he's like, did we score? <laughs> did, did, did it count? <laughs> Oh, yeah, exactly. It's so I asked him, I say, is the deer okay? And he's like, and I did. I said, okay, well, is your truck okay? And he goes, there ain't nothing that truck won't run over. And I'm sitting here in my totaled car. So I'm like, okay, well, thanks. I mean, I guess that was that was light work for you. For me, I'm sitting here. Now I got a whole, like, issue. Whatever. It was Wait, good. I, I ended up riding back you... to my apartment complex. Say what? Did you kill the deer? I didn't hear what happened. Yeah, he said, if you didn't finish it off, then I did, is what he said. So oh, I, he ran over it, too. Yes, in his in his big semi-truck. So then... Well, he's um, probably going to eat. He probably wanted to eat the thing, but anyway. Yeah, I, he seemed like that kind of guy. But anyways, then I got a ride from the police back to my apartment complex, and it was actually That's a canine. Hype. It was a canine unit, so I sat by a canine dog. It's kind of cool. Nice. Well, damn. I now know. that we have told that full story here on the Motown Rundown. Well, that's, 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 that's crazy. Because you're supposed to not swerve, right? You're supposed to just go like that's what they tell you. But that's the thing is, I feel like in that instance, in that instant, it's so hard to get yourself to get out of like to not get out of the way. Yeah, I would be whole, out of be gone. The whole saying of like a deer in the headlights is like, yeah, it doesn't move. So what are you supposed to do? Just like run head on into the thing? Slam like, the brake. Yeah, you yeah. slam the brakes on. I think I think what you're supposed to do is like honk the horn. That scares it. And the headlights don't scare it. It's just yeah, like, but see, that's that's the thing with that's the thing with deers though. Is like next time that you encounter a deer going 80 on the highway, you got to know that when it gets startled, it's gonna run back the way it came. You know, yes. you went that's into his, you ran a pick play on him. You ran a little rub route on him, and that's where you got caught up, and you get flagged, and then you lose. The Lions yeah, get right. the touchdown call back, and they don't score a single point the rest of the game. So the moral of the story is this, after that entire story has been told, this is the moral of the story. You swerve opposite, and then you lay on the horn, and then you're good because it's going to run back the down. other way. <laughs> Mow it over. I mean, I, I mean, I, you're going to fuck your car up pretty bad, but, like, you, you probably are not going to die Lewis. if you do that. Ray Lewis. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. We're, we're, we're all right, though. Blessed. I'm here. First of all, however a deer got onto the highway, I've never heard that in my entire life from me serious well there was well, some, that's for the woods yeah but like yeah, I, I you don't hear about deer on the highway i just feel like you don't you don't ever it. see deer laying on the side of the highway every i mean ever. i see eh, not that much i i, I see it more. well i see it often now because i'm looking for it too that's the other thing like now yeah, I, i'd be driving 50 miles per hour on the highway now well okay this is just like 30 seconds here this is the, where the story gets even better is the next time i had to drive home it was in my mom's car which isn't great and it was really foggy and it was dark and my phone was broken that's the reason i was going home was to upgrade my phone with my parents so i'm thinking this time if i crash i'm fucked because now my phone is broken yeah. you're right? like dead starving yeah. in the wilderness and literally just have to go walk to the nearest gas station and say can i use your phone or something i don't know whatever crazy God, man. That's, that's the thing motown rundown you come for the detroit sports talk you stay for trent it's killing deer stories <laughs> yeah yeah i got a deer this season to all you hunters out there who nice dude play. yeah good <laughs> oh man deer camp went well all right well that's all i got i'm sure that you guys are all talked out as well so that is going to be it for today's episode of the motown rundown 
For Trent Bailey and Ryan Collins, I am Ryan Rabinowitz. Submit any questions, comments, or suggest topics for the show at Motown underscore rundown on Twitter or on Facebook at the Motown Rundown page. Do not miss a single episode of the show. We're on Apple Podcasts and we're on Spotify. New episodes every week. Happy Thanksgiving. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Do what you got to do. We will talk to you next time.